in the back, I'm going to need a new battery. Amen. God has been good to us. Has God been good to anybody in here? Amen. Why don't you put those hands together? Amen. God has been good. Whereof, amen. We are thankful for his kindness and his mercy towards us. Amen. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Amen. Amen. And we're grateful, amen, for what he has done for us. Amen. Amen. We, we're appreciative of this day. Amen. I woke up this morning, and I'm just grateful for God to give us one more day. Amen. The old saints used to say, just another day that the Lord has kept me. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. I said, just another day. Just another day that the Lord has kept me. And when we think about God's keeping power and Him keeping us, it's nothing that we've deserved or earned that has gotten us to this place. Nothing that you've done to deserve or earn the place where you are in God. But God has blessed us and he's kept us. And that's, what should, that's why we should be grateful. Amen. That's why we should be grateful. We should live grateful and thankful. In fact, not only did I not deserve it, there are things that I did where I should be punished. The wages of sin is death. Amen. We, we often talk about the gift of God as eternal life. Yes, it is. But the wages of sin is death. So that means I earned death. Of my own, I earned death. I earned damnation. I've earned hell. But I thank God that he kept me. That by only by the grace of God am I here. Only by God's grace and his mercy and that I'm here. The, 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 song, the songwriter said, I'm here, and I'm here by the grace of God. That's the only thing that has kept me and allowed me to be in the place where I am. In fact, when I think about what I've done, when I think and reflect on what I've done, we often talk about when you think of the goodness of Jesus, but sometimes when I just reflect on what I've done, I shouldn't be here right now. If I reflect on what I've done, I shouldn't have what I have. If I, if I reflect on what I've done, I should have lost my mind a long time ago. When I think about what I did and what I deserve, what my actions have earned me, if God gave me what I, let me put it this way, what if God gave me what I deserved? If he gave me what I deserved, I, I, I don't want to imagine the place that I'd be right now if God gave me what I deserved, if he gave me what I deserved, if he gave me the natural outcome of my own actions and my own thoughts and my own faithlessness and my own disobedience, if he gave me what I deserved, I'm just speaking for me. I can't speak for you. I'm just going to say I wouldn't be here. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank, thank, thank God for, we often used to say, thank God for Jesus. Because of his sacrifice, because of the extension of God's grace and mercy, I'm here today and I can give him praise. That's, see, David was a person who, who recognized his own mistakes. That's why God loved him so, because David, he messed up, but then he understood that he messed up. And when he, knew he, when he knew he messed up, he said, Lord, whatever you do, he said, take not thy Holy Spirit. Create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. 
Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. David said, I know I messed up, but I have enough, enough humility. I have enough understanding that I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. So Lord, I, I thank you. So, that, so that's why David also said, so I enter his gates with thanksgiving. Back then, they, they couldn't get on their knees at home. They had to come into the temple to get it right. I want you to understand the context of what he's saying. He said, I enter the gates with thanksgiving. I understand that this is my opportunity to get it right with you. Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving and I enter your courts with praise. In other words, David's saying, I've lived long enough to get it right. Thank God I lived long enough to get it right. And that ought to be somebody's testimony this morning. Praise God, I live long enough oh, to get it right. I live long enough, so that's why it's important to me that I'm saved. I thank God that I'm saved. I praise Him that I'm saved because God could have allowed me to die in the middle of my mess. He could have let me die while I was out there. But thank God he let me live long enough to get it right. So I give him the praise on this morning. Somebody give God some praise on this morning. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to go quickly to the word of the Lord on this morning. There are other things that I want to accomplish today. So let's go quickly to the word of the Lord. We're going to Judges, the 11th chapter. And we'll be looking at verses 1 through 11. That's Judges chapter 11, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 11. I would say this is a familiar passage, but to many it may not be. It's in between two familiar passages, but it's often a passage that's overlooked because it falls in between the more familiar stories of Gideon and the story of Samson. But in between, we find the story of Jephthah. And the word says in Judges 11 and 1, now Jephthah the Gideonite was a mighty warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. Gilead was the father of Jephthah, and Gilead's wife also bore him sons, or it should say other sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. And worthless fellows collected around Jephthah and went out with him. After a time, the Ammonites made war against Israel. And when the Ammonites made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to bring Jephthah from the land of Tob. And they said to Jephthah, come and be our leader, that we may fight against the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, did you not hate me and drive me out of my father's house? Why have you come to me now? when you are in distress. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, that is why we have turned to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the Ammonites and be our head over the inhabitants of Gilead. 
Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, if you bring me home again to fight against the Ammonites and the Lord gives them over to me, I will be your head. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord will be witness between us if we do not do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and leader over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord at Mizpah. Heavenly Father, Lord, open our hearts and our minds, our spirits and our understanding. Lord, let us be receptive to the word as it shall go forth. And Lord, most of all, allow that word to push us towards your promises, to illuminate the path of destiny that you've designed for us. And Lord, let us not leave here the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. Our thought for this morning is rejected. Rejected. How do I live with rejection? There are three things, there are three items that I want to pull out of this, that, that three purposes that I have found with biblical support for rejection. Sometimes rejection comes for correction. Sometimes rejection comes for direction. And finally, we're going to talk about rejection coming for election. We're going to talk about correction, direction, and election. What we see in this particular text with Jephthah is that this is a man who was born in circumstances that were not favorable to him. He was born, uh, he was the only one of the sons of his father that was not born of the same mother. He was born, not only not of the same mother, but he was born to a prostitute. He was born of a prostitute, which means somewhere along the way, Jephthah's father, he strayed a little bit. Yeah, he, he was one of the sons, <laughs> he was one of the sons of Gilead, but in between there, somewhere, Jephthah strayed. And I think it might be a little, it might be a little messy because the Bible does not designate, but it kind of implies that not only was he born of another woman who was a prostitute, but he was born in between some of his other brothers. Come on, y'all. We're not going to have a Maury Povich show on this morning, but, but I'm just letting you know it was a little messy. I mean, it was, it, it, the circumstances were a little messy surrounding his conception and his birth. He, he, wasn't, he was only half-brothers because it was only, he was only kin to them by his father, but they had a different mother. Can't you just imagine how he felt living in that household, living not only what, was he not uh, fully kin to him? Not only did he have a different mother, but the mother was not known by her name. She was known by her occupation. She was only known as a prostitute. Can, can, you, uh, can you imagine the shame that must have surrounded him all of his life? Once he knew that he was not, that was not his mother that was raising him, but he was the son of a prostitute. And, and I imagine that caused a little messiness and confusion. I, I, I imagine uh, uh, the, the other son's mother probably gave Je Jephthah's father the side eye many a day. 
And every time she saw Jephthah, that was a reminder of him stepping out on her. I I can't imagine that he he carried much favor with his stepmother because of the conditions of his birth, of the conditions of his conception, which none of it was his fault. It wasn't fault. He he was was born into this. It, It wasn't his fault. He couldn't choose his mother. He couldn't choose who his father was with. But it it was a condition of his birth. He could not control it. And and, and some of us right now are still emotionally dealing with situations that, that we can't control. Situations surrounding our birth, situations that happen in our home, the way that we came into this world, the way that we were treated in our own house, the way that our relatives looked at us, and the way that they treated it. And many of us are still dealing emotionally with those issues of rejection. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have to understand, yes, at some point, Jephthah was kicked out of the house. And let's be clear, because of the way he, he expressed it to the members of the city, he wasn't just kicked out of the house. He was kicked out of the city. And, and all of the incidents that gave rise as to why he was rejected and when he was kicked out had nothing to do with who Jephthah was. Sometimes with rejection, sometimes the hardest part is not understanding. Some of the hardest rejection, the the hardest rejection that you'll ever face in your life is when you don't even understand why you're being rejected. I'm being pushed to the side, but can you just imagine that that as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old that everybody's getting the warm hugs and everybody's getting the nice gifts, but your hug just feels a little different. And your treatment just feels a little different. I'm telling you, rejection is more difficult when you do not understand why you're being rejected. And I need to talk to somebody this morning because some of you are still carrying the emotional shackles of rejections for purposes that are not your fault. And I want to tell you on this morning, God does not desire you to continue to live with rejection. No, no, he doesn't desire for you to live with rejection. And what do I mean by that? That doesn't mean you won't experience rejection in your life, but God doesn't want you to carry it. Uh, I might experience rejection, but he doesn't want me to carry rejection. He doesn't want me to own rejection. I'm not going to allow the circumstances that gave rise to my my conception and my birth, factors that I could not control inside my house, to continue to define who I am. I'm more, Jephthah had had to think at some point in his mind that I'm more than the son of a prostitute. I'm more than a stepson to my mother. I'm more than the rejection that I have experienced all my life. I'm more than that. Somebody say, I'm more than that. I'm I'm, I'm more than that. God did not allow me to be born to live rejected. Oh, let me say that again. God did not allow me to be born to live rejected. There's a difference between facing rejection and living rejection. I'm not going to live that way. I'm not going to accept that as who I am. I'm more than my circumstances. I'm more than the conditions of my birth. And God bless them, but I'm more than who my family was that treated me wrong. 
I'm more than the stepbrothers that looked at me funny. I'm more that I can overcome the, the way that my stepmother looked at me all of my life. I'm more than that. And until you accept that in your mind, you will continue to live with rejection. And see, the thing about this is, let me tell you something, because this is how life is. In life, you'll face more than one rejection. Uh, rejection will come at you at different sides and at different times in your life. And the problem is, if you're living with your previous rejection, you're not prepared for when it comes again. Oh, let me talk to you. You're not prepared for, for when rejection comes again. In fact, this is what you'll do. Because you're living with old rejection, you'll limit future opportunities. <laughs> I need you to get that in your spirit. If, if, if you continue to live with rejection, you'll limit your future opportunities because you're not going to keep putting yourself out there to get rejected again. I, I, I don't want to try another relationship because the last time I was rejected. I, I'm not going to apply for a raise on my job. I'm not going to apply for another promotion because the last time I was rejected. I, I'm not going to try to go uh, after that loan to help fund my dream, to, to help me get what I, I believe I should have because the last time I was rejected. And living with that rejection will limit your future opportunities. That's why you have to shed old rejection and put yourself out there because I'm going not stepping out on me. Baby, I'm stepping out on faith. I'm not stepping out on me. I'm stepping out on faith. And when I step out on faith, I believe that God is with me. Somebody say, God is with me. I'm not stepping out by myself. I don't see the way. I don't understand how what God has said is going to manifest in my life. But when I step out, I'm stepping out of my old rejection. And I'm walking into the opportunity that God has given me. God has given me what God is doing for me. Remember the children of Israel after they had had the great victory at Jericho, then God had told them to go up to Ai, or Ai, as some of us say. And, and, the, and as they went up to Ai, which was a much smaller city, they lost. Not only did they lose, that they were chased out of the city back to the camp. But then Joshua spoke to the people, and, and then God spoke to Joshua, and he, he explained to them the whole thing about Achan, and that Achan had taken of the accursed thing, and that, 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 that victory, that loss there at Ai was only because of a lack of obedience. But he's saying, what I told you was correct. You're going to defeat I, but I just need you to be obedient to me. Listen to what I'm saying. And when God told him again, he said, I need you to go back up to I. I need you to go back to the place where you were rejected. I need you to go back to the place where you lost. I need you to go back to the place where you were chased off. But I'm letting you know that I'm giving you the victory in the place where you were rejected. And I, and I need somebody to understand that, that just because you've experienced rejection in, in your life, sometimes, baby, you just got to shake that off. You got to shake off rejection. You got to shake it off and walk into other opportunities. I'm going to tell you one, one thing that my father lived by, something that dad always told me. He said, Larry, all they can say to you is no. All they can say is no. He said, you have not because you ask not. But if you ask, you might have greater because the only thing they can say is no. 
What he was teaching me is that you're going to face rejection, but just because you keep on getting rejected doesn't mean you stop asking. Because my Bible says ask. My God, my Bible says not, not. My, my Bible says seeking and you will find. That means somebody asks at one place and they tell me no. But baby, I walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not going to live with my previous rejection, but I'm going to keep on asking. And I'm going to keep on knocking. And I'm going to keep on seeking. And sooner or later, one of those doors are going to be open because I'm learning to shut off. Rejection. I refuse to live rejected. Now, I told you about how, how correction is an element of rejection. Sometimes God sends rejection for the purpose of correction. When I think about that, I can't help but think about Jonah. Jonah got on the wrong ship, headed in the wrong direction. And as soon as he did, everything began to go wrong. They, they, the, the, the sea became turbulent, and, and the members of the ship, they were transporting cargo, but they had to throw the cargo off the ship, and then they came down, and, and they cast lots. Or, or, or they drew straws, however you want to say it. And, and the lots, the straw, the short straw fell on Jonah, and they said, we're going to have to throw you overboard. We don't, we're not taking this personal, but you're running from God, and you're going to cause us to lose the whole ship. Jonah faced rejection because God was sending correction. He was correcting the course of his path. And I came to tell somebody in here, you got rejected because God was correcting your path. I wish you were here with me. That means you made a wrong turn somewhere along the way. Uh, you, 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 you took out an opportunity, but you didn't seek God. Oh, you went out and bought that car because you were grown enough to get it, but you didn't seek God about it. Oh, you went ahead and grabbed that job because it was available, but you didn't seek God about it. Oh, you went ahead and got married because you were lonely. But, but, you, but you didn't seek God. So sometimes when you, when, when you, when you get fired, that, that, that rejection was God correcting your path. And sometimes when the divorce came and the marriage didn't work out, God was sending his correction because you had feared along the wrong path. God was showing you, I, I'm turning this situation around. And sometimes rejection is simply a turnaround. God's turning that thing around. Because sometimes you think something's a blessing, but remember the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adding no sorrow with you. And somewhere along the path you found sorrow and you found poverty because you had chosen the wrong path. Sometimes God sends rejection for the purpose of correction. I'm correcting the path that you took and I'm putting you on my path. And then Jonah, when he got on the right path, he said, I don't even need a ship to get to Nineveh. He said he ran, <laughs> that boy ran a journey that was supposed to be three or four days, and he ran it in about a day. He got there quickly because he was on the right path. God had sent rejection for the purpose of correction. Somebody say correction. Sometimes God also sends rejection not only for the purpose of correction, but he sends it for the purpose of direction. 
Sometimes you are willing to do what God says, but you're not yet on the right path. Oh, I'm, I'm going to help somebody here because somebody's like, I, I, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know where my gift is. I don't know if I'm operating in the right area. I, I want to do God's will, but I, I don't know if I'm headed in the right direction. But I'm telling you, sometimes God sends rejection for the purpose of giving you direction. Let me, give you, let me give you an example of that. Think about Joseph. Joseph was amongst his brethren, and he was talking about his dream, what God was going to do for him, what, what God was going to take him to. And then everybody, nobody around him wanted to hear Joseph's dream. His brothers didn't want to hear his dream. His, his father didn't want to hear his dream. And, and he was telling his dream really to the wrong people because he was not yet in the right place. He, God sent rejection for Joseph to put him on the path to where he needed to go. Look how God works things out. God, so that his brothers hated him, so they found an opportunity. When they came, he came out to find where his brothers were. They, they, they threw him in the pit, and then they pretended like they were going to go back to the father, and they were actually going to kill him. But God, well, let me tell you, God, you can't, you can't die. You can't die until you do what God wants you to do. You, you can't die until you meet God's purpose. You should live and not die and fulfill the purpose of the Lord. They wanted to kill. Him, but, but something amongst them wouldn't allow them to kill him. So they threw him in the pit, and, and his brother said, well, I see a slave caravan. Why don't we sell him to these? And, and I'm just wondering, how, how many days in advance did God send the caravan? Come on, y'all. We, we we're not talking. They're not driving a car, baby. They didn't wake up that morning and decide they were going down that road. They had to go several days before. That caravan had to be on that path, on that way, in that place where Joseph was. Baby, you need to understand God sent the caravan. But, but let me explain it to you. But the caravan of itself would not have looked attractive to Joseph. Oh, I need you to get the, understand the complexity of how God works. Joseph wouldn't have seen the caravan walking along the road and of himself saying, hey, can I get a ride? It was a slave caravan. Joseph, without these circumstances, would have never gotten on that caravan by himself. <laughs> I need you to get And had he not have gotten on the caravan, then he, then he wouldn't have made it to Egypt. And, and if he not made it to Egypt, he wouldn't have wound up in the house of Potiphar. And had he not wound up in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife wouldn't have accused him of something that got him sent to jail. And had, had he not gone to the jail, he would have never met the baker and, and the butler. And had he never met the butler or the baker, he never would have interpreted their dream. And had he never interpreted their dream, he never would have been placed before Pharaoh to interpret his dream. And had he not interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, he never would have been second in command of all of Egypt. God was organizing. Somebody said, we know. Oh, that, oh, oh. I wish I had some folks. That, we know that, that like, oh, I, I don't understand why I'm getting on this slave caravan right now, but we know that, 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 that all things. I, I don't understand why I have to be a servant in the house of Potiphar, but Lord, we, we know. I, I don't know why I have to be falsely accused by his wife in this moment, but Lord, we, we know. I, I don't understand why I'm going to jail over something that 
I did not do. But baby, we, we, we know I, I don't understand why I have to stay here for years until I meet the butler and the baker. But Lord, we, we know. And even after I interpret the dream to the butler, I had to stay there for two more years because he forgot what I did. But we know that all things. Somebody say all things. All, all things. All all things, all things, all things. So, so even things that I don't understand, even things that don't look like what I, I'm looking for, well, I, I have to understand and have it in my heart and in my spirit that all things are working together for my good. I wouldn't get on the slave caravan of my own. Uh, but God is working it out. Uh, but that's my Uber to destiny. It doesn't look like what I, what I want to get on, but it's my lift driver that's taking me to the place where I'm going to go higher. He's taking me to the place where I'm going to experience elevation. God is giving me direction by this rejection from my brothers. If Joseph's brothers had liked him, he never would have made it to Egypt. So baby, I need you to understand that rejection sometimes comes for correction and sometimes rejection comes for direction. Uh, if you didn't have haters, they wouldn't put you on the caravan. Uh, if, you didn't have, if you didn't have enemies, they wouldn't accuse you of stuff that you did not do. Yeah, I wish you would help me here. If you didn't have enemies, you wouldn't wind up in jail with, when your destiny is about to step in the door. The person that you need to talk to, the person that you need to collaborate with, he couldn't have collaborated with them if he was living free, but he only met him because, I wish y'all were here with me, he only met him because he was incarcerated, but because he was in jail, he met the butler and he never would have met him if he wasn't in the place where God put him. So when I say, have your way, Lord, when I say, Lord, your will and, and not my will because I would let the caravan pass and I'd never make it to Egypt. I wouldn't let that woman lie on me and get thrown in jail. But Lord, if you have your will and you have your way, then all things are working. Hallelujah. Somebody say, somebody say all things. Another thing that re rejection comes. Rejection comes for correction. Rejection comes for direction. And the final thing I'm telling you is rejection comes for election. And what I mean by that is sometimes God is separating you uh, to put you in a place because he's preserving you for a purpose. Uh, he rejected you uh, from that situation uh, because he knew if you stayed there, uh, you'd never reach your destiny. If you stayed there, uh, you'd never reach your purpose. Uh, if you stayed there, uh, the toxic environment around you uh, would have killed what's inside you. But sometimes God... Uh, he rejects you. He allows rejection so you can move. Somebody say move. So you can move to the place where you can grow. And Jephthah, if he'd stayed in that house, he would have experienced that toxic environment every day. But because they rejected him, he got to move out. And when he moved out, they started looking at him different. They realized that you gotta be strong to live in the house, the son of a prostitute, while your brothers are looking at you funny. You gotta 
be strong when your stepmother is giving you the side eye for 20 years. You must be strong if you can get kicked out of the city and keep on running. And that's what God is trying to see after you got rejected. What did you do? I advise you that when you get rejected, keep on running. Keep on walking. Keep on waiting. Because they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength. You can mount up with wings like eagles. You can run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. What are you going to do after you get rejected? So they go to Jephthah. They say, Jephthah. We're in trouble, and we realize that you know how to live in trouble. You know how to live with rejection. You know how to live in trouble. And we need you to help us out of our trouble. That's what God does. The same folks that rejected you will be the same folks that knocked over your door. He prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, somebody say surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Oh. Somebody give God some praise in it. Thank God for rejection. Thank God for rejection. Thank God they didn't want me. Thank God they set me to the side. Thank God they didn't think I was good enough. Because all things, all things, all things. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to think of this. I cannot imagine just being a human person how satisfying it was for Jephthah to say that I was born into rejection but I'm not going to live with it. I'm not going to live in it. I'm not going to live in it. And how satisfying was it when the people that kicked him out were the same ones that came to his door. And they, and they said, get this, we need you. We need you. And I want you to do, yeah, can I take it a little deeper right here? The people who caused him to be strong because of how they mistreated him are the ones who needed him. They made him strong. Their rejection is what made him strong. Them kicking him out of his house and, and kicking him out of the city. That was the adversity that made him strong. And now the same folks 
that worked so hard against him. And they kicked him out. They're coming back and they're saying, we need that strength. We know we did it. We know we did it. But we need that strength. And in a way, they helped make him strong. That's why we can't cast adversity just because we have adversity. That doesn't mean we leave. Just because we have people working against us. You can't run. You can't quit every job where somebody don't like you. Come on, Eddie. They don't like you at work. Baby, I don't care how good you think you are. Somebody at your job don't like you. There's going to be some adversity wherever you go. There will be adversity. You can change jobs, and sometimes if you don't watch it, you'll leave a bad situation for a worse one. That's going to be adversity where you are, but that's why, that's why he, the, the, the writer phrases is like this. We know that all things. It's the knowledge that gets you through. She's giving me the side eye, but, but we know. They lying on me behind my back, but we know. Seems like I have to work harder than the people around me, but we know that all of these things are working together for the good of him that love the Lord, for them who are the call according to his purpose. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise in this house. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the lessons that we learn from rejection. Learning that rejection is something that happens to us. But Lord, help us to not allow it to become part of us. Rejection is something that we confront, but rejection is not something that we carry. Rejection might be part of our story, but Lord, we don't make it part of our name. Because we're greater than that. Lord, thanks be to God who has already given to us the victory. Lord, we're victorious. Our name is victory. And though we go through, Lord, we're coming out of whatever we go through. Strengthen us even right now, Lord, for those who are watching us virtually. Help us, Lord, to share rejection to step into your promises. And Lord, as we step out of rejection and into opportunity and your promises, Lord, we know that you are with us and that goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our lives. So Lord, we claim and declare the victory over this thing right now. It shall come to pass. It shall come to make us stronger. It shall come to give us correction and direction and set us up, Lord, even for thine divine election that we might be who you declare and have designed us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you live with great faith, step out of rejection, and believe and trust God that he will guide you along the way. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app 
on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.